Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It's our last show of the year. Where did 2017 go? It seems like just yesterday we were getting ready to tee it up against Florida down in Dallas, and here it is just days before the season finale in the Outback Bowl. On Tuesday, we had our game day show with the Angel of the Big House, beat writer Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News. Today, we'll be joined on our visitors segment by South Carolina beat writer Ben Briner from the State News in Columbia. Before that, a few news and notes to get us started. If you're down in Florida for the bowl game, enjoy it. Here in Ann Arbor and Detroit, we've been in the single digits all week, and that is how we're going to ring in the new year. It's been sunny and in the 70s this week, though, for practice down in Tampa. Things got a little heated on Wednesday night when both teams attended the Outback Bowling event. Players were talking trash, and security had to keep them separated and restore order. Nothing major, just some fun. We know how big this game is for Michigan. It's been an up-and-down season, and we need an impressive performance to jumpstart winter conditioning and carry us into spring practice. There is a lot to play for, and the seniors want to go out on a high note. The same can be said for our opponent, South Carolina. Since Steve Spurrier left, it's been a struggle. They are also a young team, have an 8-4 record, struggle on offense, but have one of the best defenses in college football. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Ben Briner covers South Carolina for the state news out of Columbia. He joins me next on our visitor's segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
My guest on our visitor segment this week as we get ready for that Outback Bowl on Monday is Ben Briner, who covers the South Carolina Gamecocks for the state newspaper. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Well, Ben, it seems uh, to many Michigan fans, just like yesterday, but it was five years ago that Michigan and South Carolina met in the Outback Bowl. It was a very entertaining game, one that is remembered especially by Gamecock fans for a hit for the ages by Jadavian Clowney, and I'm sure we will be hearing and seeing that hit all week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much as soon as it was announced, uh, they started playing that video. Uh, USC fans uh, think of it pretty pretty fondly, especially considering kind of where the Gamecocks program was at that time. Well, and there was a lot of offense in that game, and it remains to be seen if we will get anywhere close uh, to that kind of uh, offensive output in Monday's game. But these two teams heading into the Outback Bowl on Monday, both 8-4 and four records, uh, both have had similar struggles, Ben. Uh, very good defenses that have led the way for these teams, and offenses that, well, you know, have been good sometimes, but other times, not so good. Pretty much mirror images in so many ways of each other, Ben. Yeah, it definitely seems like it could be one of those games that ends up in the 21 to 10, 21 to 7 type range, potentially, just because, uh, you, you know, both these teams have sort of fit that mold. Uh, it's a little interesting, obviously, with uh, Jim Harbaugh's offensive background versus much chance defensive, but. Yeah, they definitely kind of do have similar vibes. Well, Ben, even before bowl prep started, Coach Wilmos Champ fired offensive coordinator Kurt Roper. Why uh, was that decision made early in December? I think it kind of just came down to the fact that uh, South Carolina's offense hasn't been very productive. Last year, there were some, uh, some big, attenuating circumstances with a lot of quarterback issues um, and not a lot of depth. This year, the uh, the offense actually has lost a couple of big playmakers and had some offensive line issues. So had they kind of wanted to keep him, there was a, a narrative they could have stuck with. But it seemed like they thought there was enough remaining wide receiver, running back, tight end talent uh, to be a little bit better than they were, especially with struggles against the two really good defenses they faced in Georgia and Clemson. Well, up here, we can sort of point the finger and say we've gone through three quarterbacks have really struggled on the offensive line for consistency. It's a young offensive line, but you've watched the South Carolina team all year. Can you just put your finger on one thing or two things and say, that's the problem? I don't know if it can be one thing. I think um, run blocking and run game production has been a big issue just because it's been very up and down. Um, The guy who should have been the top running back, Rico Dowdle, was, was never really healthy and then ended up getting hurt. Uh, AJ Turner's a, a pretty nice running back, but he's also kind of a, a small guy with toughness and some speed. So they just haven't, and Tyson Williams, who was supposed to be a pretty good rotation back, never really asserted himself. So they just, they haven't had, they haven't gotten a lot of consistent production from that front and a lot of, uh, any, anyone sort of taking command of that. And then, um, Jake Bentley, who's South Carolina sophomore quarterback, uh, a lot of folks sort of pegged him as taking a big jump forward. And I think he's taken a jump in certain areas, but he hasn't been as productive as a lot of folks guessed he might be. Um, now, some of that probably has to do with the fact that South Carolina has uh, no upperclassmen wide receivers who really contribute. Pretty much every wide receiver is a, a freshman or a sophomore, most of them freshmen, but they still had Hayden Hurst, who's a very, you know, one of the better tight ends in the country, still has Brian Edwards. And there's just been on occasion footwork issues or overthrows. 
and sort of leaving plays out there on the field. And those are the kind of plays that would have made the difference between being fine and being pretty good. Well, let's talk about Jake Bentley for just a moment, you know, looking at his numbers. And I haven't seen him play a lot this year. His numbers, just looking at those, decent, 226 for 362, uh, 62% completion percentage, 2,550 yards, 16 TDs, 11 picks. I know that's a big problem. Seven of those came in the last four games. What kind of a quarterback is he? Pro style or can he get out of the pocket and move? Pro style side with a a little bit of running ability. Um, he's kind of one of those taller guys who's got sort of a decent stride to him. So if he gets going, he can get going. He's the kind of guy that a, a staff will break out the zone read uh, or, or some quarterback runs on the goal line or in sort of situations where they need it. I'd say he's he's mobile, but he's not a runner. Um but definitely more of a pro-style guy, and, and, and a lot of that has sort of come into focus with the fact that it seems like the staff has definitely asked him to hit more mid-range and deep throws than last year, and he's hit some deep throws, but he's also had some accuracy issues, and that's um, that's kind of limited his ceiling. Well, getting back to that running game that you were mentioning uh, just a minute or so ago, I know it's had issues. You said A.J. Turner, Tyson Williams have had the most carries. I think it's 92 apiece. Uh, 517, 460 yards, respectively. And I'm guessing, like Michigan, the problems or the struggles really start in the trenches for this team. Yeah, it's, it's been a group that's had some some inconsistency. Uh, their best offensive tackle missed some time, uh, Zach Bailey. He's at the right tackle. Um, they switched left tackles uh, early in the season. They had uh, a couple of injuries at guard. So that's been sort of up and down. And I don't know exactly where the ceiling is for this offensive line, especially on the interior. You've got, you've got two seniors who are solid and staff likes them, but haven't necessarily been all that dominant. Um, but also they haven't had anyone who's really stepped up and been uh, a dynamic sort of explosive runner in any real sense. Uh, Turner has been uh, at the very least very consistent. Uh, Dowdle was never really healthy and was pretty unproductive. Um, and Williams, he showed flashes, but you're talking about a team that really hasn't been all that explosive, really hasn't generated that many big runs. Well, when I've talked to some of the Michigan beat writers in the last few weeks, they all mention how athletic and talented the Gamecock receiving core is. And I know you mentioned a couple of uh, the young guys. In fact, they are young. Uh, the names I hear about are the most are Brian Edwards. He had 59 grabs this year. Hayden Hurst, 41. Talk about these guys and, and just how good they are. They're upside. Brian Edwards' big upside is he's just he's a big dude who's going to go and get the ball. What, what that ends up translating to is they'll just kind of throw it up to him a lot of the time, um, and he can go get it. He's capable of some pretty – maybe in the moment you kind of watch them and say, that's a pretty good catch, and then you rewatch them and you'll suddenly realize, oh, that was a very good catch. Um, not necessarily a burner, not necessarily – he's a guy they'll throw screens to, but he's not a guy that's – going to take that screen and do a whole ton with it. Um, Hurst is sort of that, that big athletic down the seam type tight end, um, or maybe a little bit more possession receiver at times, but he's a cons- consistent at catching the ball, consistent at moving the, the chains when he does. Um, they occasionally try him in the screen game with kind of mixed success. Gotten a lot better as a blocker. He's kind of a weird story was a, minor league baseball player and a 23 year old freshman and has sort of rapidly grown to being a, a, a 
probable NFL draft pick. Well, South Carolina has played some pretty good defenses this year in the SEC, Ben. They're going to see another good defense uh, in Michigan in the Outback Bowl on Monday. That is, uh, sounds like it's going to be a huge challenge uh, for any offense that's struggling, uh, but especially the South Carolina offense. Yeah, they they definitely, um, they showed a few sparks against Georgia and that might give them a little hope, but they had a really rough go of it against Clemson, which is probably the defense that best compares to what they'll see against uh, Michigan. Uh, in that game, they had a few early spurts where they kind of went with tempo and generated the start of a drive, but it kind of fizzled out here or there. Then they just kind of couldn't hold on because a really good defensive line is going to change a lot of things. And both Clemson had one, and Michigan certainly does have one. Like Michigan, the defense is the strength of uh, this Gamecocks team, giving up only 147 yards on uh, the ground this year per game. Very impressive. Uh, 228 through the year. For those of us uh, Michigan fans who have not seen this defense in action, is it a really aggressive uh, defense that blitzes a lot? What is it that they do well? I would say probably in terms of their pass defense, it's um, they kind of do a, a bend but don't break style. Um <clears throat> At least according to one metric, they're about 11th in terms of giving up explosive plays. Um, but they, you know, a, a good efficient passing game can kind of drive on them. Now, the flip side of that is, um, and this is a big improvement from last year, their defensive line's gotten better. Uh, their linebacker core has been a little bit stabilized. And they ended up being a pretty solid rushing defense overall. Uh, I think top 25, at least according to one advanced metric, they're still definitely built more to to make you kind of to tackle someone, make you line up and snap it again. Well, you've seen this defense all year, and uh, the the front has been impressive. But how do you think they match up against a, a pro style power running offense like Michigan, Ben? Well, they faced actually a couple of them uh, through the season in terms of they got Arkansas, they faced off against uh, Georgia. I'm not really sure what you call Florida these days, but you know that's probably not a good uh, an indicator <laughs> of much. And they and they faced uh, NC State early on. Um, I think when it comes to the pro style run game, I think they again they can stand up better than they had than they did last year. And I think that's probably where the game will kind of turn. You know, Michigan with that, you know, even if the offensive line struggle, it's still by all accounts a pretty talented group. If they can kind of lean on the Gamecocks a little bit. Uh, that'll probably have an impact. But if South Carolina can stand up, and they've, they've got a few tackles, they might be able to. You know, it, it could make it probably one of those really low-scoring games. Yeah, and I think most Michigan fans are hoping Brandon Peters uh, is going to breathe some life into Michigan's offense. But until we see that, uh, along with South Carolina's offensive woes, this sure right now does look like a defensive battle, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it sort of in the range of, again, I think I mentioned, you know, a 21-10 to 10 type game where Michigan gets a little more push and a little more shove. And the, the only thing that, one thing that could be interesting was last year, South Carolina came out uh, like a house on fire on offense against uh, South Florida in the bowl. Now, granted, South Florida's defense uh, was very bad, and this Michigan defense is not, but it looked like they took a step forward, and that actually had given a lot of people hope for, for the future of Jake Bentley. So it'll be interesting to see if, if there's anything to repeating that. Well, Will Muschamp is in his second year at South Carolina. He was 6-7 and seven in year one, and of course 8-4 and four this year, so nice improvement. Are the Gamecock faithful in general happy with the direction of his program after two years? I think so. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of folks were pretty sore about the way that the Steve Spurrier era ended with it. It seemed like recruiting had tailed off a little bit. Uh, there, 
instead of getting a lot of three stars that contributed, they were getting a lot of four stars that didn't. Um, so I think they like sort of the, the turn to recruiting. And I think they like that the team's winning again. Now, of course, what they don't like is the fact that the offense is still uh, kind of stuck in second gear. I think they'll take, you know, six wins from three and eight to potentially nine uh, off of the six win season. And I think next year should be good for them just because the schedule will allow for it. Um, now the long-term prognosis probably involves, uh, you know, finding someone who can stably and reliably run this offense. But I, I think Muschamp, especially if he can, you know, not fall flat next year, will have built him, built himself up some some credibility. Well, we're all aware this is a battle between two unranked teams, and even though it's uh, the last game of the year, I think for both of these teams, Ben, this mm-hmm. game is more about next year, and for that reason alone. Getting a W in this game on New Year's Day, national TV, makes this really a big game for both schools, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think for I think for South Carolina, it's also, you know, that their schedule kind of got uh, a little soft in the middle in spots where folks probably didn't expect it. And, you know, if South Carolina wins this game, there's a case that, you know, might be the best win that Majjamp has had uh, thus far since he's, he's been there. And that would probably help. Obviously, Michigan doesn't need any help recruiting, but if South Carolina were to win, that would probably be a, a boost on the trail. Well, final thought from you, Ben. As we've mentioned, uh, Michigan and South Carolina's seasons have been very similar in, in many ways. Offenses that have struggled to find an identity, defenses that have kept them in games uh, and been the strength. So something has to give on Monday, and one of these offenses has to step up and make some plays. So I, I think we're in for an entertaining game, don't you? It might side toward a... Uh sort of game for those who like defense but um it certainly should be a, a good way to for a college football fan to start the day uh in, in what should be a day of pretty interesting games no i agree with that my guest on our visitor segment has been ben briner who covers the gamecocks for the state newspaper down in columbia ben thanks for being so gracious with your time enjoy sunny florida and uh, what we all think should be a very good game and a happy new year to you will do thank you quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on the michigan man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits, no injury news to report as we close in on game day. It would appear we are at full strength. Kickoff is just after 12 noon, and the game will be on ESPN2. So this is it. After Monday, it will be eight months before we see our next Michigan game. Three months if you count seeing them in the spring game. As usual, I know I'll be nervous watching the Outback Bowl, but I actually have pretty good vibes about this one. I am certain, as I have been all year, that our defense is going to be good. I even think we're going to surprise on offense. It just seemed to me we were a click away on so many plays this year. We just could not find a way to get that big play when we needed to. But we were so close in so many ways, so many times. 
especially in that darned Ohio State game. I think most of us agree the reason was at quarterback. Wilton did not play well early, not all his fault. And John O'Corn, I like John. I'm not going to bash him, but he just wasn't the answer. The offense was getting better with Brandon Peters. You could see it happening before the injury, and that's why I have good vibes. I think Brandon could have the kind of game that leads us to say, where was that all year? It's Brandon's time, and something tells me we're going to like what we see against South Carolina. It's hard to believe this is the last show of the year and the end of our eighth season bringing you the Michigan Man. Next week, we start Season 9 and have a busy winter of programming for you. Because the game's on Monday, I'm pushing the show release to next Thursday, so make a note of that. Everyone covering the team will be heading back home on Tuesday and Wednesday, so just for next week, we will air on Thursday. Joining me on the show to recap the bowl game and more will be one of Jim Harbaugh's old teammates, Michigan great Jamie Morris, who now co-hosts the M-Zone Monday through Friday on WTKA Ann Arbor with another Wolverine great Marcus Ray. So make sure you tune in to get Jamie's thoughts on the game and how he thinks his old friend is doing with his beloved Wolverines. That's it, though, for 2017. It's been an interesting year on the Michigan athletic scene, and something tells me it will be big in 2018 for so many of our teams. Let's hope so. So make sure you get our free app from the Google Play and iTunes stores and follow along each week. Thank you so much for listening and for being such a great audience. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. I'd like to wish each and every one of you a very happy Maize and Blue New Year. Enjoy the game, and I'll see you back here next week. Until then, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maize and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!